Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, this is At The Helm Sports. I am your host, Derek Helm. Thank you for joining us for episode 18. This week, we will be getting into the PGA Championship. I will have two guests with me, Dave and James Fitzpatrick, who you guys might remember from the Masters show. We will be going over all the players that we like, break down the course and a little bit of strategy. I am actually on a heater right now after hitting Max Homa last week. I had Sebastian Munoz at 85-1 to at the first round leader for the Byron Nelson, so hit that one too. Actually had Hideki Matsuyama to win, and he was close to pulling that one out, but hopefully we can roll that over into the second major of the year. Going to keep this short and sweet so we can get right into it. So without further ado, here is the show for the PGA Championship. All right, so we are ready to go for the PGA Championship. Joining me tonight is Dave Utnick and James Fitzpatrick. We will be going over the course, some of our favorite bets, as well as a DraftKings pricing breakdown. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Fitz, you have been on before. How's everything going? Going, going good. Um, glad to be back. Uh, had a last time I was on with the Masters. Um, had an okay Masters, uh, basically contest selection. Um, if I would enter the right lineup into my two hundred dollars single entry, I would have shipped. But you know, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Um, but overall, good, good tournament. Um, was in the positive. So ready to break down this one next major. There you go. And Dave, you are joining us for the first time. How are you doing? You excited for the PGA? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me here. Wish I could have joined you guys for the Masters. And well, based on my Masters results, I probably should have joined you guys because I had a big old swing and a miss. But we're going to get back on that horse for the PGA and uh, hopefully uh, come up with the right lineup combinations between the uh, think tank we got going on right here. Yeah, I definitely think it couldn't hurt. I mean, obviously the Masters is always hard. Majors in general are hard, but I don't know. There's something about this one that seems like it's difficult. And I don't know if it's the larger field at the PGA or the fact we're playing at a course that they haven't played it in a very, very long time and has been totally, totally restored. So as far as the course goes, you know, what are you guys thinking? What have you seen? And, and, Basically, who do you think skill set wise we should be looking at? Fitz, we could start with you. All right. Um, yeah, just from do, doing the reading about uh, the restoration of the course and what to expect. Um, obviously, the uh, they cut down some trees, so the fairway is going to be more open. Um, they say the rough won't be as high, so you think it would favor, favor bombers, and I think it's going to be with small greens. Um, undulating fast greens, I think around the green is going to be very important. Um, I think a lot of people are going to go towards bombers, but I'm going to be more towards precision off the tee, second shot, and scrambling. So I'm really going to be focusing on guys that can get up and down and, uh, you know, hit their spots with their irons. Yeah, I think that's a lot of good points. I definitely think this place is going to play definitely hard. Like you said, the rough shouldn't be as bad as it was in the past, but it's still going to be penal. And yeah, I, th- I think a ground around the green is going to matter quite a bit too. Dave, how about you? Who are you looking at? I'm uh, looking at precision, kind of like Fitz said. These greens are going to be small. They're going to be tough to hit. So, oh, uh, you know, greens and regulation are going to be important, but everyone's going to have a real hard time getting to greens and regulation. You're going to need to do some chipping from around the green, set yourself up to be in a good spot. But, you know, uh, long proximity, these are 
a few real, real long holes on the par fives. You're not getting there in two for the most part. What we're really looking for is just precision with the irons and uh, probably some skill out of the sand also because there's a lot of difficult bunkers around these greens now too. Yeah, yeah, the bunkers definitely look like they're going to be a problem. I mean, the greens, you know, the edges are, are tight, so everything's going to roll off. I mean, even if you hit a perfect approach shot, there's a chance that you end up and, and it's not like a typical course where you're rolling off into the rough and you're chipping right back on. I mean, you could go down into a collection area and, and be 40 yards away for a shot that hit the front of the green. So, yeah, around the green, bunker play, scrambling, bogey avoidance, all, all that's coming into play. I think you're going to have to play a really well-rounded game here. Missing fairways might not be a death sentence, but if you're hitting out of the rough, you're not getting as much spin, so you're not going to be able to hold those greens as good either. So definitely think that distance is going to matter, but it's not going to be the end-all be-all when we're talking off, off the tee especially. So with that in mind, are there any bets that you guys have made so far? Have you looked at the odds? Is there anyone that really sticks out? Dave, we could start with you. Yeah, yeah. The first one I jumped on was Will Zalatoris last week. I got a boost up to 40 to 1. He's just been in contention at every major. You talk about him winning his first one. PGA seems like a good place that we can get him to. And then I was looking at uh, had a DraftKings 100% boost over the weekend, had two guys clicked, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, both were sitting at 14 to 1, get the bonus up to 28. Um, really, once you start looking at around the green and just overall precision, even though Morikawa is my guy and I bet him any chance I can, um, I bet Justin Thomas at 28 to 1. Those are the only two I have in right now. Um, when you look at you know, some of these course comps, um, looking at like Beth Page Black, um, Luke Les came to mind. I saw a number floating around 200 to one with the each way out there with him. Um, but it's early in the week. There's still plenty that I'm interested in. Uh, I've been looking for a good number on Xander um, and probably not much else from that range based on what I have. But uh, it's still early and there's still ways I can talk myself into extending this card. Yeah, and I think it's going to be interesting, too. Each book is going to be different with what they're offering. You know, everyone's trying to be competitive, and, and the more guys are getting hammered, there's going to be some variance. So, I mean, especially if you're looking at the top, I'd say wait a couple days and see how those guys pan out. You, you could end up getting somebody. I mean, I just saw DJ was 25 to 1 on DK before we got on here, which seemed like a good number. I mean, I think I saw him at 16 earlier in the day, so – there's going to be a lot of variance. So I would say, keep your eye on it. Fitz, you see anything that you like? Yeah. I like uh, Joaquin Neiman 45 to one. Um, he's just playing really well. Um, I think he should fit here. He's uh, got a lot of distance so he can bomb it out there. Um, go with his long Island irons. Um, best putting on bent. He's really, really improved his around the green game. Um, if it gets windy, he's a good wind player. He controls ball trajectory. So I like Neiman and then uh, Harold Varner at 110 to one. Um, another player that if it gets windy, which it usually does in Oklahoma, he's a great wind player. Um, he's good on bent. Uh, Dave mentioned Beth Page Black. He was actually leading um, the, the PGA there for yep. that disastrous round on Sunday. So um, at 110 to one, you know, I like uh, I like that. And I probably had a bomb because. PGA is the one major that um, you kind of get those winners that are, uh, you know, deeper down. You can get winners that are deeper down, down the odds. Yeah. So, so speaking of which, I actually have made three bets so far. 
One of them is actually, sorry, I actually made four and three of them are, are pretty long odds and just put a little something on them. Yesterday, when Matsuyama started making his run, I did put a little something on him at 40 to one, which seems like a good number compared to what he, he's going off at most books now. So that's my one major bet. And then a couple little sprinkles. I saw I have Homa at 80 to one. And I mean, I don't know how I really feel about him here, but 80 to one seems like a good number. I mean, he is just boom or bust. I don't think I'm going to play him in DraftKings, but I mean, you can't tell me the guy couldn't win this tournament. Like you were saying with the PGA, I mean, there, there's guys that show up and can win it their first time and Colin Morikawa or, or Keegan Bradley, or there's plenty of guys that can show up and, and, and win this thing. And with the way he's been playing, the confidence he has, he's, he's won big tournaments before. I think it's a possibility. So at 80 to one, I thought that was a really good number. Then I would not advise anyone else to do this, but I did bet Bryson. I don't even think he's playing, but 130 to one with, with Bryson's name next to it. Yeah. Of course yeah, you I'm, did. I'm, I'm doing that. <laughs> I don't care. I'll, I'll light that money on fire. 130 to one seeing Bryson's name. It's, it's auto bet. And then the, the last one that I did that I actually like a little bit better is uh, actually Leishman, 180 to one. That just seemed like a really, really high number for him. Um, I, again, not a guy that I am in love with or, or think that, he is great at this course, but that was just numbers that stuck out to me like a sore thumb. So 181 on him. I bet that also. Yeah. I'm just, fo- just seeing that now he's 181 on DraftKings, and uh, yeah, I missed that. I like that one a lot too. I like that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a crazy number. One more in that range that you're looking at, you know, very comparable courses too. You got Bubba Watson, a 201. It's not playing the best golf, but you know, the, Skill set might fit there. Uh, Johnny Vegas, you can find anywhere from 150 to 280. When you're digging that deep, there's a lot of players that we play week in and week out on DraftKings. And at a PGA like this, the wind's either going to come from the top or one of those guys that are going to be having that breakthrough. So um, plenty of time to still look at some of these here and add to the card. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's a strategy this week. That's what I'm going to be doing. You know, I, I took a couple nibbles on the bombs, and then I'm going to see how the top of the board pans out and probably take one of those guys. Not sure who it's going to be yet, but definitely think you could do that. Webb Simpson also at 180 to 1. Yeah, that and was uh, interesting. I saw that too. I'm just I'm just a sucker for Webb Simpson in general. But, uh, I mean, you don't tell me he doesn't have win equity. I know he hasn't been playing great, but, you know, a, a hard, difficult course, um, major, you know, won a major before. Uh, yeah, 180 to one. I like Webb Simpson. Yeah, that's not a bad one. So, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a bunch of guys. I mean, pick your poison. That Some of the numbers are really, really good. Again, if you shop around, you might find something ridiculous that you just automatically have to click. So I think that that does a pretty good overview of the betting for the week. So why don't we get right into the DraftKings? So obviously we have major pricing. So it is pretty interesting at the top. Once again, we have Scotty Scheffler. So Scotty at the masters, you know, everybody was like, can he really do it again? I really don't think so. I'll let him hurt me. I don't think that's going to be how it goes this time. I I think people are finally in on it and you're going to see a lot more ownership on Scotty, especially he did have a good Byron Nelson gained over, or just under six strokes on approach there too. So he was hitting good. I mean, having the year he's having, I could see a lot of people going in on him. What do you guys think? Fitz, we could start with you. 
Yeah, that was the first thing we talked about during the Masters was, you know, Scotty Scheffler, the highest price and um, kind of, you know, sticker shock. And we talked about, you know, if we were going to going to pay up for it, how, high, how owned he was going to be. Um, so he wasn't really owned. So I should have played more of him. I didn't. And he goes out and dominates and wins. And I probably not going to play him that much here, especially if he is high owned, if he's, you know, very high owned, I'll probably move off just saying that, oh, you know, can he, can he win again? And he probably can. And this course does fit him well and he is playing better than anybody else. So I might pay for it, but I really like the nine K range. So I'm probably going to don't pick one or two guys up here. I'll probably plant a flag and, and fade um, or be very light on Scheffler. All right. What, what do you think about Scotty, Dave? Uh, every tournament that he's gone out there and won, I said he can't go possibly win another one of these again, right? And we've gotten to the point where I'm just not jumping on this late. Uh, I missed the boat. It's fine. It's cost me throughout the entire golf season. I have to think that Scotty Scheffler is not the next Tiger Woods and that he's not winning another major, but well, the way he's playing, it's got to be at least possible. But he's not for me, not this week. And, well, we've seen how that's gone before. So I'll keep fading him. And one of these weeks has got to work out, right? And hopefully yeah, it's this Yeah, I, I mean, he, you got to. You, you got to just hope for it. Because, I mean, that there are some other guys up here that I would rather play. I, I'm not sure how heavy I'm going to be on Rom, But I, I think I do lean Rom over him. You know, he's he's gained strokes off the tee in every tournament for basically the last three years. He has gained strokes off the tee for every tournament since the Charles Schwab in May of 2019. That is a ridiculous run. And if you're talking about a course where distance is going to matter and then he can get up there as good as anyone tee to green, I, I don't think I'm going to have to fade Rom. I'm going to have to have him in some lineups. But then again, like you said, you bet Justin Thomas already. He looks to be probably the best fit for this course coming in in great form. So we'll go back to you, Dave. Are you playing some Justin Thomas or are you just going to ride with that bet? The bet's going to at least give me the option to pivot off Justin Thomas if ownership doesn't get there. But in a tournament like this, we're looking for winners. Um, I will probably have a pretty heavy share of Justin Thomas. I want to see where the ownership runs through the rest of the week because there's some really interesting pivots up top. Um, if Morikawa's ownership sinks a bit, um, you can go down and even down to Hovland even. You really might get some really skilled players with significant reduction in ownership, which in a major in a field like this where so many six of sixes are going to make the cut, because half the field here is dead and this is top 70s with ties you need to win equity and you need it everywhere just making the cuts not going to get you through if i truly believe justin thomas is going to be the best fit and win here i'm going to have play a lot of him on DraftKings. yeah and I, I think that's probably a good stance to have so fitz you were saying you like the nines a little more do you like anyone here in the ten thousand dollar range or are you going right to the nines no, I absolutely do. I mean, these guys are, you know, 10K above because they're, you know, the best players in the world. But one case, back to Scheffler, just uh, the, way, the way he's been winning is around the green. His, his around the green game has been really good and on the green. So I really, he might really 
hurt me if I don't play a lot of them. John Rahm, like you said, Tita Green, he's been awesome. He's been one of the best players. But one thing that worries me with him is his around the green game. And I stated earlier in the podcast that that was one thing I really focusing on. So I think I can kind of move off Scheffler and Rahm. At first glance, I went straight to JT and Morikawa, just like I did at the Masters, just those two. Uh, like we talked about, precision with the irons. Um, JT's also got the around the green game. He's been playing great. Just the only thing missing is a win. But he's got already got a PGA Championship. Um, seems like he's he's right there. And uh, depending on if everyone flocks to Scheffler and Rom, and I think JT at you know at first glance early, I think JT might be the highest owned in the 10K. If that's the case, I can go to Rory. Rory, that that is his best surface. You know this course should really fit Rory well. Um, he's been playing pretty well recently um, with the second at the Masters. Things starting to be coming along for Rory. So if I get a discount on ownership and the cheapest in the 10K range, I think uh, I might end up with, with more Rory than anything else. It's early this week, but early lineups on Fantasy National show Rory is the highest on over 10K right now, which is not what I was expecting at all. Not me neither. I thought it was going to be JP. Yeah, full, but- full transparency. We are recording this on a Monday night. So, I mean... Right. That's it's early. It's kind of early. So I, I, th- I think that's going to be the case too, especially up here at the top is, is guys are going to see ownership projections and they're going to be like, Oh shit, Rory's the highest own. I'm going to hop on Justin Thomas. And then, you know, come Wednesday and, and Thomas coming off of that finish at the Byron Nelson, the way he looked and, and the way his game fits around here, I definitely think he'll be one of the higher own, but yeah, I, I, I think, 10k and above that might be a good approach is just wait just wait and see who everybody's flocking to because you can make a case for any one of these guys so if you're getting any of them at a discounted ownership i'm I'm probably going in on that guy and the narrative's gonna just keep going around justin thomas because as people start running stats and seeing and learning more about what this course is like you said it's a monday night but all signs are going to point to justin thomas at the end of the day where his ownership really could drive you know, something significant between the rest of the players around him. So something to watch as the week progresses. Yeah, I, I think JT will be end up being the highest owned out of the 10K, but that, that's my opinion. Yeah, I mean, his his game just fits perfectly. So like you said, as people are looking at the stats, it's it's going to keep pointing in that direction. Now, as far as the 9K range goes, we, we got a bunch of guys here too that you can make the case for. I always love Hovland. Maybe not as much as I should, but – we're saying around the green is going to matter quite a bit here. I don't think I'm going to play him. Fitz? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like you said, with the 9K range, I mean, I like everyone in this 9K, 9K range. Like, everyone in this 9K range. I can see myself fading everyone into 10 and just living here, except for Hovland. I'm with you there. Um, the around the green is is worrisome, but – uh He's such a great ball striker. If he's hitting his spots, you know, he can overcome it. But, I mean, you got Cam Smith, who we're talking about around the green, and, and uh, you know, vet press putting, and you talk about uh, Augusta National comps, you know, you know what he's done there. Same thing with Jordan Spieth. Uh, you know, Xander, who I thought was going to go into the week, going to be low-owned, and then he just went and went scorched earth on Sunday. And yep. another one, you know, Augusta comps and around the green and distance and – I mean, then Matsu, this whole range, this 9K range is just loaded. There's going to be decisions that have to be made here for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. Dave, Dave you got anyone you're leaning towards? And, and more specifically, what do you think of Hovland? Um, his around the green is troubling. It's He's not nearly as bad as he used to be. Uh, I really like the Matsuyama, Xander, Cantlay, bottom of the 9Ks a bit better. Cam Smith is just never really another one, just for me. Not a guy I usually play, probably won't do it here. Spieth has been playing incredible, but Vic is uh, another one. Um, at low ownership, at that skill set, it might be worth a gamble if come Wednesday it looks like he's just getting overlooked in this area. And he is, you know, has the argument of being overpriced in this field, even with as talented as he is. So he might get overlooked and, you know, it's a bet on talent at that point. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, going to have to see how ownership looks, but you would think with the way Cam Smith just fell apart at the masters and then missed the cut at the RBC, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where his game is, but also where the public sentiment is on him. You know, he, he could come in really low owned here. And, and Dave, like you said, I don't play him a lot at all, but if we're looking at a course where you're going to need some around the green magic, I mean, you, you could start your lineup with Cam Smith and Jordan Spieth, and if it's an around-the-green contest, you're on your way. So, yeah, yeah. I, if sentiment is low and people aren't going to roster him because of the collapse of the Masters, I will go right back to Cam Smith. If, if, if he's low-owned and no one else wants to play him, I'm in. I'll play a lot of them. Yeah, and with the recent form of Spieth, I mean, he's, he's going to be probably – the highest owned, I, I would think, in this 9,000 range. Like you said, Xander's Sunday is definitely going to bump up the ownership. I haven't heard anything or anyone speaking about DJ. Dave, what, what do you think about DJ? Do you, I mean, he's been up and down. He hasn't really looked that special or even that interested, but he's DJ. He had a good round in the last time that we saw him, one singular good round. Uh, DJ, I really need to dive a bit more into. You are really looking at, especially in this $9,500 and above range, you can't play all these guys. As much as I would like to try and play DJ here, he probably gets squeezed out once all of my decisions are made. But at that price level, at his talent level, um, with you know some of his performances at some of the comparable courses that we talked about at Page Black, it's not a bad play. I don't know if he'll end up making my final uh, player pull, though. Yeah, that's that's basically my feelings on him, too. Now, two two guys that we mentioned that are at the lower range, Hideki and Cantlay. I, I like the prices. I like the discount compared to some of the higher guys, and I, I think their games could fit really well. You know, good, good ball strikers, basically good all-around games, which it looks like this course, that's what you're going to need. You're going to need every facet of your game on any given hole. So, so Fitz, what, what do you think about Hideki and Cantlay? Yeah, I, I like them both. Like I said before, I mean, this whole range, um, I can make a case for all of them. But yeah, Cantley, I think, ranks down as the best on Pen, uh, Bent Crass Greens. He's done well at uh, Augusta before. He's very well-rounded, you know, ball striking, off the tee, around the green, putting. Hideki, also great around the green. He's uh, hitting real good with his irons right now. Uh, he just won at Augusta last year. So, yeah, no, I like I like them both. And to touch back to DJ, I mean, DJ at nine, you know, nine, five, and he's been below, he's been sub 10%. I've been playing him pretty much all year. He hasn't been great, but I mean, I'm just DJ at, you know, below 10 K and sub 10% ownership. 
I'm just going to keep playing DJ and hopefully we get the DJ that, uh, you know, we can be. Yeah. I mean, if he comes in 10% or less, that, that could definitely be a good play. Now, what are we thinking about Brooks and anybody want to do that? Cause I I'm out. Rich originally I was going to be all in on, if he was going to play, I was going to be all in on Brooks. When I first seen the pricing, I said, Oh, nine K and, you know, reading the, you know, about the course. I'm like Brooks in a major, I always play Brooks and, this and that, but after just looking at everyone around me, if you start going lower, to Zalatoris and Lowry and Berger Neiman, um, and we just talked about the whole nine K range. I don't know how much Brooks I'm going to be able to get in. What about you, Dave? You, you going to do Brooks or no? It's not for me. When I've been playing Brooks this year, I've been betting him. Um, his DraftKings game or the game he needs for DraftKings is just not consistent enough. Big game hunter, just not doing much of what we would like to see from him. And honestly, not doing much that's been that impressive versus all the players that are around him. I would much rather go up to a Hideki whose long irons are in much better form um, with a much better track record of late too. More down to Zalatoris. Uh, there just doesn't seem like he's another one that will fit what my lineups are going to look like at the end of the day based on the players that I'm going to be playing a lot more around them. So not for me. And really, I don't think that uh, many players will play him this week and it's probably warranted. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree completely. Yeah. What was that? He hasn't, I'm saying he hasn't shown anything. So he really doesn't want to play, but I can, I can totally see a scenario where he just, comes out in top fives or wins this but um yeah I'll just i'll just take the, i'll probably have some just because it's in the major yeah he's um, a leverage pet play you're 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 playing him because nobody else is and if you're playing the millie i mean that that's the type if it hits good for you exactly. yeah so exactly. so a guy that definitely will be played i mean i'm hoping that the fact that he missed the cut maybe drives down his ownership a lot but zalatoris i mean they get Dave, like you said, betting him, it's his game just has been so good. He's been putting better, seems to putt better on these bent grass greens, although that wasn't the case last week. But striking the ball well, great, great long irons. So Zalatoris is definitely going to be, especially in most of my single entry and three entry line, lineups, he, he's going to be a staple this week, I think, for me. Dave, how, how you feel about him? I mean, we just talked about, you know, the reasons why you would play Brooks, Big Game Hunter, things like that. Their salaries are almost the same, and you look at the most recent majors. Salatoris has been the Big Game Hunter without winning it. He's, you know, for placement points or wherever you want to call it, he's showing up in every major. He's right in the mix with everything else, and, you know, he's he's on the verge of that breakthrough win, whether it's here um, or in a tournament in the future. It's coming sometime soon. Yep, absolutely. And, and so just – for reference, last year at the PGA, he was eighth, has a sixth and a second at the Masters, a sixth and a fourth at the USO. So, yeah, big game hunter, like you said, without the win. But, I mean, he's he's destroying majors. Fitz, what about you? Are you in on Zalatoris? Yep, I agree. Um, unfortunately, I was in on him this week. I had a killer five of six in the $200 single entry that uh, – he screwed over, but uh, I'm going to go right back. And I hope, hope you know, that a lot of people that he screwed over this week don't go back. Um, but I think regardless of ownership, 
Um, I'm going to play Talatoris. I mean, we talked about precision with the irons. Um, guy's world class ball striker. Um, he's pe- done his best putting at Augusta, which is undulating, fast, bent, uh, bent grass greens, which we're getting this week. Um, it's just, just no, yeah, there's no real uh, case against him. You know, he's not, he can't putt great. So you don't want him in a birdie fest, but in something like a difficult course where, let's say, the winner is going to be in the single digits, you know, below par. Um, that's, that's where I want Zalator. So I'll go right back to him. I'm with you guys. Yep. And then if we go down a little bit, I, I really, really thought coming into the week, I was going to really love Sam Burns, but the more I look at it, I just don't think he's missed two straight cuts since his win. He's lost on approach last week. He just hasn't been good in majors. So I I think I'm out on Burns. You guys disagree or or you agree? With you. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, we just talked about Zalatoris, and then, you know, you can't, you can't play everybody below him. I like Larry. I like Berger. I like Neiman. So, um, after all the guys we talked about, he's just sandwiched in there with all of them. And I'm with you. I probably know Burns. So, for me. so if you like Lowry, make a case for Lowry. All right. So, what is this course uh, going to entail? You know, around the green, someone that can scramble, creative around the greens, um, fast, undulating. You know, Bentgrass Greens, he just came in second at Augusta. Um, also, the fairways, it's very hilly. It's kind of, I think it's going to have kind of a, with the wind and the hills and the um, fairways, um, I think it's going to have kind of a Lynx feel. So, I mean, open champion Shane Larry and just current form. The guy's second at the Honda, second or third at the Masters, just playing great. And uh, I said it during the Masters podcast that I think he was working towards something and he came third there, third at the RBC heritage, uh, great form, great fit. Yeah. I really, I really like Lowry. Dave, you in on Lowry or, or you like some of these other guys a little better below him? I like a lot of what Lowry does uh, and has been doing lately playing well out of the sand. His approach game is great. Uh, he's accurate off the tee proximity from, you know, some of these long approaches is going to be pretty solid also. Um, but like Fitz said, this is the range here, Lowry, Berger, Neiman. Um, I can see myself playing all those guys. They all do a lot of the things that we've talked about that you're looking for here. Um, I wish Daniel Berger's form was a little bit better than what we've been seeing. Um, he's had a couple of these late withdraws, and we really just haven't seen much of him. But uh, he's one that might fall off after I dive deeper into. But I'm in on all three of those guys, including Lowry. Um, and if the wind looks like it's going to pick up as this week comes along, everybody's going to jump on Lowry also. So there might even be the opportunity for, you know, some high ownership of Lowry, but I think he's still a good play even into ownership. Yeah, I, I agree too. And, and Berger, I think for the reasons you said his form, the fact that he's withdrawn from a couple of tournaments, you know, it's, it's kind of scary. So maybe that keeps some people off of him. I think his game fits really well here. So I, I'm, I'm willing to take the risk on Berger Fitz, I know you said you like Neiman. I, I definitely like him a lot. Like you said, improved around the green game. He's actually fourth around the greens of the last 24 rounds, which is pretty surprising. I mean, he's, he's, he was in that, that Hovland camp, you know, where, where you were just, you were praying he was hitting the green every time, but he, he's yeah. definitely improving there. Uh, I, I like him too. Maybe not the best at, at majors so far in his career, but I mean, you, you got a young guy that he could turn it around easily. I'm saying, and people forget, Neiman's like 20 years old or something. Everyone thinks he's, you know, because he's been around a while, but he's he's young. And uh, I think he's 
got he's a bright team, isn't it? And he's going to start showing up in these, in, in these majors. Uh, you know, and credit to him, his around the green was his biggest weakness. And now that's, you know, his, his biggest strength, you know, to, to been this year. And then, uh, you know, with Berger, he's not one I usually go to, but he's actually ranked out first in my mixed condition model. And I think if uh, he's going to be lower owned, not a lot of people go to him. I think Berger's a good pivot. Yeah, I, th- I think a lot of ownership is going to be focused in that that mid eights. The lower eights, I don't know. I, I'm not really feeling too many of these guys. Obviously, we have to mention Tiger. Are either one of you guys going to bite the bullet and take some Tiger? I mean, the guy loves the course. It should actually suit his game, but where's the knee at? I mean, maybe in some some larger field stuff, might take a stab. Dave, what about you? I'm very happy to root for Tiger from the sidelines without investing anything in it. <laughs> that's that's pretty that's much how I'm going to continue the rest the best of his strategy. career as well. Exactly. Fitz, what about you? Yeah, probably the same. I mean, I can see a scenario where, you know, um, if it's low scoring and, you know, you can grind it out, I can see Tiger, you know, making the cut. I just, I don't see it a, a scenario where he contends or, you know, you know, contender wins in this, in this field with just not playing them. Yeah. He's, you know, not playing, you know, he's tiger, but yeah, I'll, I'll probably be off. Like I said, I'll root I, for him. I can but... only see one scenario where he wins. And that's the scenario where we live in a universe where Phil Mickelson won last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good point. No, but yeah, I, I maybe might put a little sprinkle just cause, but Probably not. There's really no reason to. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, I, I, it's um, sorry. Uh, context selection. So I'm I'm gonna twenty max at three dollars. So I'll be throwing in one or two just just in case you know he does have some tiger magic and comes out and wins. I you know I won't miss the boat. So I might sprinkle a little bit, but I'm I'm not gonna have a lot of tiger. Yeah. Now this whole range, I'm I'm pretty cool on. I can make a case for Hatton, but he's just been so mediocre basically since March. And I I don't think I'm going to get there on him. Like I said, I've made a bet on Homa, but I don't think I'm going to play him in DraftKings. So Connors will probably be in there. What are you guys thinking of this range? It's probably not going to be a range a lot of people go to. Fitz, we'll start with you. What do do you think? Do you like any of these guys? I don't. I'll probably play one of them just – ownership for leverage and because i can see it's it's ustazen i got i got a soft spot for uc and majors i know he withdrew with the neck last time he saw him and he hasn't really been great but uh if he's healthy and he's playing um the course should fit him it's a major i'll uh you know ownership play all leverage i'll play uc but i'm with you on connor's um if we're looking at around the green gonna be important and scrambling uh, i don't trust him there the same with homa Hatton, uh, you saw how Augusta kind of got under his skin, and he hasn't really been great in the majors. I haven't shown anything yet. Um, we talked about Tiger, Bryson, I'm not playing, so probably only Usti here. Yeah, I, I could see Usti, and like you said, I mean, it is a major, so there's a possibility that he withdraws before it even starts and fucks you, but he he plays, he's, he's probably going to play well because it is going to be a difficult course. It should suit his game. Dave, what about you? You liking anybody here or are you staying away from this range? Lukewarm on the range. Connor's popping in the model as usual, which he does every week. If you're looking at the same type of key stats, 
pretty much. Uh, from from a win equity standpoint, it's probably Hatton, but his game isn't in terrible shape, but it's not that great either. And like Fitz said, you know, and of course, like Augusta Nashville got under his skin and he pretty much lost his mind out there. Just wait until uh, he hits a drive down the middle and it rolls off into one of these runoff areas and ends up in some thick rough and he could just lose himself out there. So not for me, but if I'm going to look at anybody out there just from a win equity standpoint, it's probably Hatton. All right. So going down the board a little bit, I mean, there's some guys here. Fitzpatrick definitely looks like, you know, if it's getting difficult, if it's getting windy, it could definitely play to his strengths. Finau has been so weird this year, but tends to play well in, in majors. Really interested to see what his ownership's going to be. But, I mean, let, let's go through this upper seven range. Fitz, do you like anyone? Anyone stand out here? Absolutely. Yeah, I uh, I love Fitzpatrick. Um, like you said, if it gets windy, if it gets, you know, the rough up and it gets difficult and the scoring's low and you need to grind it out, um, Fitzpatrick's a guy, you know, that that's, plays right to his strengths. He's going to be a guy I want in my lineups um, around, you know, the, around the green play. Finau, I'll probably play just because, I mean, at this price, he's usually priced a lot higher. Um, he probably should be priced here the way he's playing. But, um, you know, if it does, you know, go cater to the Bombers, he can bomb it out there. You know, he's – I'll play some Finau. And then uh, just my soft spot, Webb, I'm going to play. I'm going to play Webb. Um, you know, find the fairway. Find the fairways are important. Put in the fairway, long irons, and then scramble, you know, around the green and putting. I'm putting a lot of emphasis around the green and so I'll have a lot of web Stinson. Yeah, I, I could see it with web. I mean, a par 70 where, where a short game is going to matter. Just it's a matter of where his game is and, and what the hell happened to him really. I mean, but don't, I, don't, get I don't, wrong, don't get me wrong. It probably won't add well because web Stinson hurts me all the time, but I'm going to, going to keep playing him. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to go to Fitzpatrick might do some fee now. Cam Young is probably going to be the highest owned in this area. I mean, I love the guy. I play him all the time. We see that the Masters did get to him a little bit, so maybe it's still a little early in his career for the majors, but I, I don't know. I, m- I might go in on Cam Young if the ownership isn't too crazy. Dave, what are you looking at here in the, the upper sevens? Anybody stand out to you? I think Fitzpatrick is probably my favorite play from this range. Uh, without wind or into the wind or even without wind, I think he really sets up well. Um, we're not looking at a scoring fest here. So you kind of want someone that's just going to stay in contention all the way to Sunday and hopefully make a few putts to uh, top the leaderboard. So he's probably top of my list there. Cam Young, for me, and might end up being a better bet than a play on DraftKings. Um, at 7,600, he might just suck up all the ownership from everybody around him, where any of these plays could just be pivot plays. People are re- really looking for bombers this week at his price um, and the way that he's been playing also. He fits a lot of that mold. Uh, second off the tee in the last 24 rounds, it's eighth in proximity from 200 plus, he, seventh in driving distance. He just checks a lot of boxes there. So, He's a great play, but might end up being just a pivot on ownership for me. Yeah, I I don't know what I want to do yet. Like I said, I love the guy, but I, I think you're absolutely right. Everybody is just going to go right to him. And and if it's not really a, 
a distance driving contest, I don't know how much you're going to need him. Fitz, you got anything else? Yeah, and as we're talking, so I could see a scenario where at first glance I was on Cam Young, then I started listening to everything, and everyone's saying Cam Young, Cam Young would be the highest owned. Could we get a scenario where everyone talks about, oh, how, how high owned Cam Young is going to be, how high owned he's going to play, and then no one, not as many people click him, and he's actually lower owned than we think, and then reverse. I mean, we just sat here and talked. All three of us love Fitzpatrick, and I just, you know, all the podcasts I listen to today love Fitzpatrick. I could see a scenario where he's the highest owned here and we'll get a kind of ownership discount on a Cam Young and will probably drive me more just as we talked, as we all love Fitzpatrick and I look at it, it'll probably drive me more to Oosthuizen because what's the real difference between Oosthuizen and Fitzpatrick? I think Oosthuizen has more win equity. I think Oosthuizen, if he's going to be way more or less owned than Fitzpatrick, that just brings me to more Oosthuizen. And I think Cam Young just something we have to look at later in the week. If everyone keeps talking him up, People might get scared off and we might get an ownership discount on him, even though we think he's going to be the highest owned right now. Yeah, I think that's a good point, but I think that tends to happen more with the guys to the top because there's really not like, you know, the guys at the top, you hear a name, you hear a name, you hear a name and you go, oh, he's going to be high owned. Let me play these other guys. And it doesn't feel as bad. Whereas these guys, you're kind of making a case for any one of them. So I can definitely see that. I definitely agree that I think Fitz is going to be one of the higher owned guys in this area, and it could take away from Cam Young a bit. But I I still see Cam Young being one of the top three as far as ownership goes in this area. But we'll we'll see. As the week goes on, it's it's possible that guys could get away. When you remove Paul Casey from the field at, you know, $200 less, uh, then Cam Young, it's going to consolidate even further. You just kind of look at the guys in that 78 to $7,400 range, um, which we'll get into in a minute, but there's not many guys over there that you're going to rather click than Cam Young. You might try to get up to Fitz, and if the salary allows it, you know, you to get there, then, you know, Fitz's ownership really could get seamed a bit. But if you're having any trouble with salary and you look around this area, it's not really many of that other guys outside of maybe like Keegan Bradley that you're going to be that excited to pivot off of. So I can see the scenario where everyone tries to galaxy their brain out of Cam Young, but at the end of the day, he probably falls more in that free square category at that range when you're looking at the guys around him. Yeah, that, that's a valid point. And like you said, with Paul Casey fits, what did we say last time? Major pricing insert Paul Casey at 7,500 when they put him seven, four, it's just like yeah. automatic every single time. And, guy, and, I played, and I played him and he withdrew after the tea times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Actually, honestly, in this range too, I, I might play a little Fleetwood. I, I think the way this tournament plays out and I don't play a lot of Fleetwood, I think it could actually suit his game a little bit. So I, I might throw a little bit of Fleetwood in there. Now, if we're going down a little bit, you mentioned Keegan Bradley, former PGA winner could possibly go there. There's Taylor Gooch. We got Horschel. There, there's a lot of guys in this range, but nobody that really sticks out. So, I mean, we don't really have to go through all these guys. Dave, is there anyone that you're looking at that you you, you like and really like that they're at, at this lower price? I'm always a sucker for Gary Woodland. Uh, thinks, you know, I'm better with him on shorter courses than one of this length, but does a lot of things well, long irons, um, decent around the green. He's pretty decent. I won't be playing any Matthew Wolf. 
might be able to talk myself into a Taylor Gooch. But really, as you get down here, I'll let the rest of you guys tell me what we're going to do with Sergio this week. (laughs) I'll start there. So Sergio is basically my arch nemesis. And every single time I play him, he is terrible. And every time I don't, he's great. Now, the crazy thing about Sergio, though, is this year he has made seven straight cuts. So he is due. So for that alone and my relationship with him, I am fading Sergio. I do think he could actually be good here, but I'm just not playing him. I I am waiting for that miscut to come, waiting for the fall apart. All right. So if if you're not playing him, that means we should all play him, right? Yeah, that's what I'm doing also. Um, I think his off the tee numbers are good enough here where if, you know, you're jumping off, I'll jump back on because I'm not one to usually play Sergio, but he's used to hurting the rest of you guys. You guys stay off it. I'll jump in this time and, you know. All right. I think that is a solid strategy. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm fine rooting for you, Dave, to win the money. I'm with Derek. I'm not going to play Sergio. Um, One guy I will who's hurt me in the past who might be in my kind of Sergio. I'm going to play right here. I'm I'm not playing Keegan. I'm not going to play Gooch or Horschel, but uh, Jason Day. I might have a little Jason Day. If we're thinking that, you know, it's going to be around the green – and, you know, um, kind of low, low score and grind it out. Um, he can, you know, be a witch row with his back or he can just be awful. But um, down here, I'll, I'll play a little Jason Day. Yeah, he, he's looked better recently. But, I mean, last week, again, he just – he looked like – I don't know if it is the back or, or what it is, but it, it just looks like he's been fading in these tournaments. So I'm, I'm going to stay away from Day. If he is healthy, I, I get it. I, I do think he could – be a good fit for the course, but I, I'm just not going to get there. Someone I do like is actually Dave. You said before Bubba Watson. I mean, with the wedges, if if it becomes a short game, you know, people are worrying about the long irons and the around the green. But if you're missing some of these greens and it's literally rolling off to to damn near 75 yards, 50 yards in, inside of 100 might matter a lot and. He's pretty damn good at that. And we actually haven't seen Bubba bombing it this year. He's he's actually been playing a little mm-hmm. bit better the, the short game. So I, I think I might use some Bubba. And I, I think he's going to be pretty low owned because I, I don't see a lot of people going to him. So I'm fine with Bubba at 7,300. Another guy is Patrick Reed. Now, I know he's terrible, but if you're looking at the way that this place is going to play out and – you're talking majors. So it's not always recent form. Some of these guys just come to majors and they feel more comfortable than some of the younger guys. So I'm, I'm willing to go in on Patrick Reed too. What, what are you guys thinking for the rest of this range? Yeah. You, you beat me to the punch on Patrick Reed. I'm with you there. Um, just if it's going to be play tough and it's going to be a grinded out uh, kind of, you know, uh, tournament, um, the around the green, the, the, uh, the putting on the pent grass greens, um, even though he hasn't been in good form, like we talked about last time, Patrick Reed's a guy who can just be an awful foreign and then just come out and win um, one a major before. So I'll be on Reed. Um, Dave, what do you think? I think Patrick Reed is still broken, and I'm still not jumping back in until I can see some, you know, more signs of life from him. Um, his game has just been 
it's been better than it's it was at you know towards the end of last year but or in the beginning of this year but it's still not in great form i would rather look at some of the other guys around him uh russell henley's great on approach and around the green uh sep straka has been really riding a hot putter but he's been playing really well luke list i mentioned earlier uh course comps does a lot of things well here great on approach uh still is going to gain you off the tee uh, Tom Hoagie even, but now we're getting into those guys that, you know, from a class standpoint may not necessarily be ready for a big stage, like a PGA championship, but these are some of the guys that I usually play week in and week out based on how their skill sets, you know, usually fit to DraftKings lineups. And so big focus again, this week, long irons or irons and long irons specifically. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you on the Luke list. I mean, been playing him every week. Every every time you make a model, it's like, hey, play Luke List. And then he putts like he did last week. But maybe on this course with the small greens, you know, fast small greens, it, it helps him out a bit. I think Henley's actually going to be really high owned because people love playing him even when he's up there in the $9,000 range. So seeing him at $7,200, I, I could definitely see people clicking him a bit. Don't mind Hoagie. I, I'm going to have to dig in a little bit more. Might throw him in there, but that that's not a bad call. Now, if we're getting down to the 7,000 and below, obviously there's a bit of a fall off here for these guys. But like you said before, definitely like HV3, Harold Varner, been playing really well this year. So I, I definitely think I'll be in on Varner. He's had a third at the RBC, obviously one, what was that, over in Saudi. So some good finishes this year. Played well at the the PGA before at, at what was it? Uh, why can't I think of the course right now? Fitz, you said it before. Beth Page. That's what it was. <laughs> Fitz, you're was, on mute also. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, he was uh, uh, spitting out the answer, but I was on mute. He was also <laughs> six at the players. Um, so, yeah, not like Harold Varner. And then uh, it's just where we're going to di- differentiate. You know, I'm not playing Henley. I'm not playing Straka. Uh, Luke List, I just can't play anybody that putts that bad. But a couple of guys you skipped over down here, um, Mav McNeely. We're talking about, you know, small greens, you know, Pebble Beach, guy that can putt, guy that's been playing really well. Uh, I think I'll have some McNeely. And uh, Eric Van Royen, I think I might sprinkle in uh, some of the stash also. Yeah, that that's another guy that I never play. And it really doesn't hurt me as much as, as it should. So I'm, I'm fine without EVR. What about you, Dave? You, you like anybody else down here? Uh, Brian Harmon. I didn't see what he withdrew with or withdrew for last yeah, week. No but idea. He's one, uh, that just seems to be playing pretty good golf. I've been playing a lot of Alex Norin. He just seems to be a middling golfer right now. And that's probably about it. I don't mind the Harold Varner take. Uh, you got Sebez who's pretty good around the greens, but for the most part for your guys lineups, are you trying to finish up as your last man in around here or really exploring the seven uh, K and below range? I personally, I mean, it's going to depend on the ownership up top, but if I can find two guys that I really, really like that are like in the nines or tens, then I, I might go down here a little bit. There's actually a couple guys I don't mind playing. I'll just rattle a couple off right now without going too far into them. Chris Kirk, not too bad. Really, his problem has been the putter. He's been good tee to green. Vegas, great off the tee. He's he's looked good lately. So I, I definitely think we can get some Vegas in there. Mito Pereira, his first major, I think, 
So not really sure how he's going to do with that, but great ball striker. Good with the, the long irons, Keith Mitchell, Matt Jones, if it gets difficult, I like. So I actually ended up putting some stars next to some guys here that I really didn't think I was going to like. So I actually do like a lot of them. Maybe more in the 20 max, I'm, I might go a little stars and scrubs and be a lot more balanced in my single entry and, and, and three entries, I think. Fitz, what about you? What are you looking at as an overall strategy? Yeah, you kind of nailed it. What I was going to say is kind of depends on contest selection. You know, more of those uh, single entries, I probably – won't need to go too low because, um, you know, the way the balance uh, with the balance bills and the way the pricing is, you really don't need to go down as low. But there is a lot of guys I do like and, I, you know, I wouldn't mind playing down here if, uh, you know, 20 maxes or something, you know, bigger GPPs. Um, you mentioned Cbez. I really like Cbez. Uh, I'll play Kevin Na. You know, we're talking about, uh, you know, grinding it out around the green. Um, who else did I see here? Look, it's going to be windy and difficult, you know, some of these euros, Lucas Herbert, you know, maybe I'll throw some him in there. Minwoo Lee, uh, Brandon Grace, if it's windy, um, he can get a hot putter. Um, so, yeah, there's some guys down here. Feel the burn, you know, we haven't seen him. A lot of these euros you don't see a lot, but, uh, you know, they can show up in a major. At 6'6", six, six, I'll play some burn Wiesberger. Um, yeah. What about you, Dave? You, you finishing up above there, or are you going to dive down into the sixes a little bit? I'm going to stay in the high sixes for the most part. Um, probably Mito, like you mentioned, is probably the lowest that I want to at least try to go with if all the lineups will allow me to do it. Um, Sebastian Munoz, Aaron Wise, they've been playing pretty good golf lately. Course fit, I'm not exactly sure if it's going to be the best for them, but they do a lot of things very well. Um, there are a couple on the list to deep dive on. Chris Kirk, Kevin Na for accuracy, although he really – is in that small group that's going to be at a disadvantage on driving distance. Well, it's not going to be overly important to be super long off the tee. Um, you know, he's below course average or tour average in terms of drives to begin with. So he might be one where just gets played out in some shots that are a bit uncomfortable for him. So he might not be one that I would lean on, but does a lot of things good. Uh, Bobby McIntyre, Johnny Vegas, uh, the couple of guys really in that $6,900 range that I do really like, though, in case that um, off the tee and driving distance do, be, do become something that you need to favor here. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because, I mean, with the yardage, it looks like you're going to have to have power. But it's really a lot of that yardage is coming from those two par fives. They're over 630 yards. So that's long for everybody. So that, that's built-in yardage right there. You have the par threes. A lot of them are over 200, 230 yards. So that's a lot of the yardage right there. So uh, some of these par fours I don't think are going to play as long as a lot of people think. So really what I'm doing with the power is using it as kind of a, a differentiator. If I'm between two guys, I'll take the guy that can hit it a little further. But it, it's going to be interesting to see. Now, if let's just say distance doesn't matter, what about a guy like Kuchar? So if we're saying around the green's going to matter, I mean, I hate Kuchar. I never really play him, but he's been playing pretty well lately. Yeah, no you're it. right. You know, I kind of just scrolled right over him. You know, when you said Kuchar, I just kind of thought about it. And, uh, yeah, I don't hate that. And if it's – I wouldn't get too hung up on it's just, on the distance and, you know, just get too focused on bombers. It's kind of early to – 
tell everyone just assuming that the rough's not going to be up, but you know, what if the rough is up and it's, you know, more important to hit fairways than it is to be further out there. Um, then a lot of these guys, you know, shorter hitters do come into play. Like, uh, another one I'm looking at now, Kevin Kisner. I mean, he can, uh, you know, he, he's shown up with some big tournaments. He can get a hot putter. And if it's more not focused on distance and just making the fairway and, and uh, kind of scrambling. Um, yeah, I like Kuchar and I could see some Kevin Kisner also. All right. So I'm going to have to end this podcast now because we're talking about Kisner and Kuchar. <laughs> I hate both of them so much. Never really play them. All right. But I, I think we went through pretty good. You know, some guys were looking at how we think it's going to play. If it doesn't play that way, some other ways to go. So I definitely think this was a pretty good conversation. Now, gun to your head. Fitz, we'll start with you. Who's winning? Gun to my head. Who's winning? Uh... Xander. Okay. I was not expecting that. Dave, who are you going with? Sticking with Justin Thomas. I mean, that's probably a good pick. I, I'm glad there's no real gun to my head because I have no fucking idea. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say speed. I don't know. I just the the way he looked last week, and and you know, it's it's gonna be tough. But I the think the way he's he, playing and the way this course fits, I, I think he could do it. So you think he he completes the uh, career Grand Slam? This is the only major he needs to uh, you know have have all the majors. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think he can do it. I really do. Yeah. I thought I was going to be before before uh, Sunday finished. It was first glance. I saw the pricing. I was like, Spieth and Xander, those two guys. I figured Xander would be low owned, lowest owned. And, you know, we had him in a major in a while, and I wanted to play Spieth. And then they both went out there and went nuts. So I think they're both going to be high owned. But yeah, I can, and that's right. Like with Spieth, he, you know, he was a head case for a while. He he would get to the tee and he would be in the woods before he would even hit the ball. But he seems to really have worked on that. I mean, he got a little frustrated and pissed off last week as he was missing some putts. But I don't know. I, I think he might be in the right headspace and his game is in the right space. I'm, I'm going to go with Spieth. Might even be my one and done for the week. We'll see. I like it. Well, just just also on record, whoever I pick for my one and done, just don't play them, fade them completely because that, that's not it hasn't been good for me. <laughs> yeah, one and done is not easy. Like I said, good thing there's no real gun to our head. But yeah, I think this went great. Any any last words from me to you guys? No, just uh, let's you know pay attention to the weather and uh, you know don't get hung up too much on just bombers or one you know certain skill set. Obviously, this is the first time we've seen this course redone, so just. Uh, yeah, see what happens. What about you, Dave? You know, just keep the player pool small. Uh, better off with a small and condensed player pool than trying to play everybody out there. Uh, don't play any of these club pros out there this week. Um, definitely don't do that. And just have fun out there. <laughs> just have fun out there. That is definitely the way to go. Now, we definitely – Definitely pay attention to the weather. It's a good thing if you made it all the way to this podcast to the end. You got to the good stuff. But seriously, though, pay attention to the weather. I did see possibly up to 40 mile an hour gusts. So if that's the case, that is fucking carnage. And supposedly the way that it's coming is it's going to be basically side to side. So you're not going to be into the wind or the wind at your back. So that's even more crazy if if the wind is blowing that hard and, and you're aiming at a spot and the ball could end up. 10 yards to your right or left that's so I, I would definitely look at that and, and see if there's a split advantage but other than that 
good, good talk guys. I think we, we really went through a lot of, a lot of guys, a lot of key stats, a lot of good strategies, and hopefully we can all win some money this week, but we'll definitely do it for the U S open. Thanks for joining me and have a good night. Uh, thanks for having me on Derek. Everybody be good. Yeah, it's been fun.